Coming to you live from the Ohio Media School Studios. Welcome to the Dark Match Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt Barger and Patrick Carney. So a big week for you, to say the very least. I think big's an understatement. The word I would use is huge. Yeah, it is huge. Coming huge. up this weekend, you're getting you're tying the knot. I know, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it's you kind of needed a week off to kind of decompress. Well, so it's good to be back. Yeah, I was a little. We're getting overwhelmed a little bit, and we've got all kinds of just. I mean, it's a it's a wedding's a lot of work. Yeah, to say the to say the least. Yeah, I, I got married seven years ago. I'll never do it again. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't care. Like if well, something it's good happens, thing you guys like each other. Yeah, I'm glad that we like each other because I'm never I going love through each other. I yeah, we love each other, and yeah. I will never go through that again. Yeah, like we will either elope or we will. I, I can marry myself. I'm a, I'm ordained. Well, I, this is my second time, and I'll be honest. You don't want to go through divorce either. It sucks. Yes. So I'm not doing this again either. So I, I wasn't your time. I wasn't your best man at your first wedding, so I can't go out there like welcome back everybody. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, I guess I didn't have a best man at my first wedding. Okay, well, it's nice to know that I'm your best man at this wedding. Well, you are. You a co, are, a co are, best you man. You are a co best man. I, I don't know why you convinced me or how you convinced me to do that, but I'm happy to be there regardless. Yeah, but I'm getting you a gift too, and I'm I kind so of excited. I'm so bad at. Not telling them. <laughs> no, you kind of spoiled it this weekend. Yeah, I did. I told you what it was. You're like, I'm so excited. I can't wait to tell you. So, no, it, it, <laughs> Dude, that's a cool gift. I buy gifts for my kids for Christmas and give them to them before Christmas. I'm a You're terrible. I am. Melissa's like, got to control it now. Yeah. Because if, if I have control, they're not going to have Christmas presents on Christmas. They're going to have them like a week or two before or when I get them. Yeah. Like, you I'm getting start Bradley 2K18. Or for he listens to the show, bro. He already knows, okay? He's getting <laughs> because because well, listen. I tried to get him the Woo edition, all right? Yeah. And you know what the Woo edition is? Yes. It came with the part of the robe. Yeah. It's freaking sold out. Jesus. So I called him and I'm like, "Do you want the regular or the deluxe?" Yeah. And he's like, "Well, it's a dumb question, Dad. Like, yeah. I want the deluxe because then I get the season pass and everything." And I'm like, "All right." So he knows. Yeah. Because I, I, I asked him, like, do you want this? Because it's $130 or whatever for the Woo one. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, cool. Well, you'll get the game, and I'll get all the cool stuff. Yeah. How's that sound? You get the game. That's it. <laughs> so. And you can look at the box. Well, I, I can't wait to see what you get me for Christmas, at least. Yeah, well, so. I can't get you the Woo game. So no, sorry. I guess not. <laughs> so. I don't even have a gaming console. I'm like Who the cares worst. about the game? Yeah. I don't care about the game. It's what came with the game is what I, I was concerned I, I kind of want the game. I don't know. There's a lot it of press good. behind the game. It looks good. So they but, haven't released the entire list of the roster yet, but, I mean, we, we've been off for a week. We've missed a lot, obviously. Oh, my God. We oh, had that's all in. That's statement, too. We had all in that yeah. we haven't covered. I it actually, was amazing. yeah, it was absolutely amazing. I actually covered for Marks with Mike's last week. Yeah, so they you had the reviews. Yeah, we talked uh, extent yeah. of every single match, but phenomenal show across the board. Yeah, uh, it standout moments for me personally. Like I mentioned to you in the zero hour, Jordan Grace. Yeah, hell of a performance from her. Yeah, put her name really good, on the map. Threw Cage out of the ring. Oh yeah, and then <laughs> took a hell of a kick from yep. Ethan Page too on the outside. Yep, going into that the whole event. match was amazing. Yeah. Everybody that was involved did a good job in that match. Yeah, that was a great match. Yeah, and Even then the first guy out did a good job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. But overall, I thought it was a great event itself from top to bottom. Oh, my God. Four, to f- four out of five stars, I'd probably say. Yeah, for no the dead, whole no, event. no dead moments. No. Um, I think best moments of the night had to be when Cody won it. I love how that they – That was great. I love how they put it at the middle of the event. Yeah. And I mentioned this yeah. on Marks with Mikes as well, but I'll mention it on our show for our listeners that don't listen to them. I thought that that match was perfect because they worked – your psychology on it. Yep. They messed with your psychology. Yep. Because when you have a championship match that is one of the most talked about matches of yep. the event, and it's mid-card, it's yep. like, oh, geez. Think about this, though. Think about if they would have had it at the end. I Think made about what this happened. comment on the Think show. Think about what happened at the end. They ran exactly. out of time. Thank you for bringing that up. And I brought that up on the show when I was on the podcast and with we them. think alike. I know we do. <laughs> and I said, what if that moment was literally Cody winning yeah. and he has 5 seconds to celebrate. Yeah. No, that no. would that would have killed yeah. the entire pay-per-view. No. So it was so perfect. It was perfect the way they did it. Yes. 
But also, on that. it made you go into the match thinking that Cody wasn't going to go over. Yep. So, but, no, phenomenal. Definitely put a stamp on the How wrestling about- industry saying that this isn't just one promotion. No, it's not. No, it's not just one promotion. No. The, wrestling is for everyone. Yep. Unless you're 11 years old. Yep. But anyway. Our goal now is to find our way to get to Madison Square Garden. That's our goal, okay? That's my goal, yeah. Can we do that? Yeah, we'll, we'll shoot for it right now. Let, right. Let's That's focus on you getting married first. All right, okay. Let, let's get you that, down the aisle that. first, and then we'll focus after on that. Madison Square I do want to mention, though, next Monday I won't be here again. Oh, shocker. I won't shocker. be here because I'm going to be on my honeymoon, and I will be swimming in a pool in my hotel room. Yes. Hopefully cleaned out. You have your own you have your own swimming pool inside of your I, hotel I, room. I may skin That's awesome. Dip. Just saying. I might. That's a vision I don't want to think about <laughs> again. <laughs> this past weekend, we had Fest Wrestling's two-year anniversary show. Big talked about match yeah. was that main event for the Fest Wrestling Championship. Our boy. Our boy Effie ended up winning back. Thankfully. Yes. Very thankfully, from Jason Cade, who stole the championship. Yeah, man. How are you going to steal? Steelers never win. Steelers never win. Just like that. Cheaters only win if the ref isn't looking, but Steelers never win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, you're, right. or you're the Patriots. Yeah. But, but either <laughs> way, just sorry. Deflators, not I, Steelers. And they're, they're deflators. <laughs> they, still, they still have Super Bowl rings deflators. more than us. Hell yeah. They, uh, do. they have a lot more than us. Dude. But Jason Cade versus Effie, fantastic match. It was a fantastic event. We even had a former guest show up on the show as well, Simon Grimm. Simon Grimm. Or Simon Gotch, I don't know. It depends on where he goes. Yep. But he appeared at the event, and also Gymnasty Boys. Mm, They're making a name for themselves. I mean, they put on a hell a hell of a match. Already a rematch listed as well. Really? Oh yeah. It was set up. Oh yeah. Already set up. Fantastic good, match for the Gymnasty Boys. So fantastic event overall. Second anniversary show for Fast Wrestling. But not only that, I mean, one of the main reasons why we're here, obviously, today. Yeah. We have an exciting interview. Unfortunately for you, you couldn't be a part of it. Yeah. So I was at uh my well, my son's in Eighth grade now, and his school decides that they want to have curriculum night on a freaking Monday. Yeah. Which is our recording day because it's the only day that I have available. And me too. I mean, I could have made an excuse then to not go because I had to work or something, but no, they make it on a day when. And they require it too. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I had to go to a Girl Scout meeting for my daughter. It's like, why the hell am I here? Yeah. Well, I mean, you need to know that they're going to be walking in the woods. They're not even walking in the woods. Like, this is Girl Scouts in suburbia. Wait, wait a minute. This is good for me, though, because there's a thing that I like about Girl Scouts. Cookies. Cookies. Yeah, I'll let you know when the cookies are. Thin mints, baby. I'll let you know when the... Samoas. Well, now I know what to get you for Christmas, I guess. Damn, I love Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) So, but we had a very exciting interview with our guest. It was actually pretty funny. We actually have something in common, this guest and I. Yeah. We actually uh, grew up in the same town. Wow. So, didn't really cross paths, but... We kind of went crazy. into depth, yeah. So not many people know that a large majority of my summers were spent in a particular town in the Mideast, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Not going to give too much away, but there's a particular TV show that if you watched it, you know quite a bit about this town. But let's get into our exclusive interview right now. We had all that Kita Murray. <laughs> I know you're driving home right now, so dealing with that West Coast traffic and you decide the best way to to kind of get over the the traffic is to talk to someone like ourselves, correct? <laughs> yep, that's exactly it. <laughs> I don't know if I should feel Always sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're currently heading home right now. You're stuck in traffic, but it gives us plenty of opportunity to get to know exactly who you are. For those individuals that might not know who you are, haven't seen your stuff, they can find you on social media. They can find you on YouTube. If you haven't checked them out, I would definitely recommend doing so as well. But let's take a couple steps back. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? I am originally born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Moved out to Scranton, Pennsylvania when I was a wee teenager. And uh, I am now located in Sacramento, California. So you grew up in Brooklyn and then you moved to Scranton. Now, I I know I've mentioned this previously, but I'm also from Scranton, Pennsylvania myself. So what kind of led you to Scranton? Um, So family did mostly. uh, You know, growing up in New York, 
couple of years ago wasn't the best place to raise kids at. And my mom, being a single mother of two, figured out that the best best thing to do at that time is to take her to kids and move out to Scranton where there's, there was no trouble at the time and to keep her kids out of trouble. Yeah, and my summers there, I, I had the complete opposite of a fun experience. My parents would, <laughs> would take us to Scranton during the summertime. Now, most kids are going down to Florida. They're going on lavish vacations or they're visiting grandparents in like Sarasota, Florida at their retirement communities. My parents packed up us four kids and took us to Scranton, Pennsylvania, as my dad was working. Yeah, oh yeah, and <laughs> and unfortunately, my dad worked in Yonkers, which you're from Brooklyn, so you know all about Yonkers. Um, not the yeah. best place at all to really raise a family as well. And they decide, hey, let's spend our summers in Scranton. For those individuals that don't know Scranton outside of the office, it's not that <laughs> exciting. <laughs> so. Every basketball court is gravel. The only thing you can really do is ride dirt bikes on the railroad tracks. But when you don't have a when you don't have a dirt bike, it's not as much fun. No, no. Honestly, I don't know how I was able to grow up into a full fledged adult living in Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I, I don't know how I was able to survive summer. I I do attribute yeah. the fact that I was looking more forward to going back to school by that point. So it did have its advantages <laughs> for my parents. But you said that you moved out to Sacramento. What kind of led you out to Sacramento? Um, so work did. I am more of a, a purpose of wanting to relocate and just, you know, as <laughs> as we just discussed, tearing down <laughs> the <screen> apart. <laughs> we still love screen. I wanted to get out of there the first chance I had. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. So you're growing up in yeah. Scranton, Pennsylvania. You're now in Sacramento, California, but during that time, which led you from Scranton to Sacramento, was wrestling something that was always on your radar? Was it always the ultimate end goal? I want to get out and become a professional wrestler, or did you have other oh, goals in mind? Oh yeah, that was for sure number one. Um, I wanted to come out here. Well, at first, honestly, um, first lesson I learned in wrestling was always have a plan B. So more so, that's what I was working more towards was my plan B of my shoot job and being able to, I had a position open up here in California. And I thought with that relocating, coming out here, more opportunities will come with that job, you know, and as well with actual career opportunities, wrestling will be out here too, because wrestling's just blowing up there's nowhere that you could go really that you won't find any type of wrestling uh maybe in like the middle of nowhere in nebraska and kansas <laughs> but you'd still be surprised that, <laughs> there's probably wrestling there too <laughs> i know right <laughs> uh, yeah that is true that is very true but yeah um but yeah so i just knew like with that i would find wrestling and i also wanted to try out this different thing you know like as we both know i was in the try great in tri-state new york new jersey pennsylvania area and i wanted to see what other regions and other areas had for wrestling you mean civilization i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so where did wrestling kind of come into it was did you find yourself watching wrestling on saturday mornings or were you more of like oh so when i was younger honestly my first 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 memories of wrestling is is vague um i just always remember it being there you know i know everyone could say that they have that one moment that they latched on to wrestling which i think i i have i just at this moment right now i forget but growing up i just always had wrestling around me what kind of era did you come into did you come in watching it during the invasion era or were you more post-invasion uh -huh. Um, it was definitely around the evasion area era. Like I even remember the whole evasion pay-per-view and how I thought it was so fucking cool how the arena was split in half and they had one side and the other, like WWE and ECW coming out from one side and WWE coming out from the other side. So I was definitely watching at that point and was definitely into it. I was actually at that pay-per-view. Uh, it was at the, Gun <laughs> it, it was at the Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. 
So oh I, shit! So I was I was actually at that pay per view, uh, and it destroyed my life. So you're you're talking <laughs> like you, you have a kid that like grew up like idolizing Stone Cold Steve Austin, and here he is like they built him up as like the savior of WWF, and here he is at the end like oh my god he's hurt what's gonna happen, and he turns his back on WWF and. I literally just left there like a completely different kid. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> like, what's going to happen now? So right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, around that time, like, who did you kind of gravitate towards? Um, when I was younger, uh, I was definitely a, a rock and Stone Cold fan. But one, but my favorite, favorite wrestler when I was younger, number one, which always, always, is always one to argue about is Matt Hardy. Why Matt Hardy? Um, I don't know. When I was younger, I I gravitated towards him. Like uh, like the whole Hardy Boys, I was a big fan of. I think it was more of me wanting to be the original hipster and was like, oh, everybody likes Jeff Hardy, so I'm like Matt Hardy. <laughs> and like, and then like come to realize like Matt Hardy is actually cool. At that point, when I was younger, like I used to realize like. Matt Hardy doesn't do everything, <laughs> anything. And Jeff Hardy's the one doing all this shit. And I was like, Matt Hardy's cool as shit. <laughs> yeah, like he's not breaking his back, like jumping off of ladders. Like, but he gets exactly. the but he gets the same recognition. He gets the same goal, and yeah. he gets the same gold too. But he doesn't have to break his back to do so. And, and let's face it. I mean, you, here's a guy that, at the time, like we all had that crush on Lita. And Jeff didn't get her. Uh-huh. Matt did. Uh-huh. So, so <laughs> yeah, Matt did, and that's what made him two times as cool. Exactly. So it's kind of like if someone was to say that they're more of a Christian fan as opposed to Edge. So I I I see what you're saying. So you <laughs> gravitate towards Matt Hardy now. Today's Matt Hardy, I'm sure you're just as big of a fan of his today. Because who doesn't love that? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that Woken character, but. Who's not a fan of the broken character? So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that, that's my only beef. I'm not a, I'm not a woken fan. I'm a broken fan, um, <laughs> yeah, literally and figuratively. So you have this gravitation towards Matt Hardy, probably in your earlier ages, and kind of resulted in you wanting to become a professional wrestler and take your dream and make it a reality. What steps did you take to not only make that dream a reality, but also to get that training. Was it something that your mom, who was was raising two kids by herself, that you looked at her and said, hey, I want to be a professional wrestler? Was it something that she kind of steered away from? Or did she kind of, oh, well, check out this wrestling school? Um, no, honestly, my mom didn't help a part in me with wrestling. Um, she, uh, like my family at all, it was, uh, so when I was younger, I've always wanted to be a professional wrestler. You know, we all wanted to, we watched when we were younger. We all wanted to do it. And ever since I was a kid, I used to, uh, I used to wrestle with my friends, you know, when I was younger and we would act like, you know, everyone does that. I feel like to, um, wrestle around with their friends wherever they could. And what we had was like a little basement area. Um, since, you know, you're, you're from New York, so. One of my friends, his parents owned the basement to the apartment or whatever building, and we would set up shop down there and just record little different. We would put down two mattresses and act like we had a whole arena, and yeah, and then just go out there and act like different wrestlers, like that were our favorites. And then that's one hand more more Matt Hardy came into play, where he was my favorite, so I used to always be him, you know. Oh yeah, like in I feel like I'm kind of talking to myself. I'm not gonna lie because we we did the same thing. My buddy actually lived in an apartment building, and his the way that the apartment building was set up was there was this big field to the side of the apartment complex, and he lived on the second floor. So what we would actually do is we would have like our little arena and stuff like that, but where that somewhat entrance was was right below his balcony. So he, we would just climb up there and just jump off of it nonstop. We'd have matches. There was one time in particular I remember, like, we found, like, cinder blocks and, like, um, I sh- can't believe I'm saying this on the air, but uh, we, like, found, like, um, like uh, plywood. And we would just lay it down. We'd put each other through it. We thought it was, like, the coolest thing in the world. 
And one day we <laughs> we went up to like uh, I, I'm sure you know uh, Wilkesboro. We went and we found like little blood capsules at the toy store. We're like, how cool would it be if we brought blood into this? Like trying to like imitate ECW. And at I think I was like 13 at the time. It was my first introduction to Scranton Police Department because someone called the cops on us because of the fact that they thought we were killing each other. So that was my first introduction to it. My buddy's like, no, it's fake. It's fake. I know it's stained my mouth, but like it's fake. We're, we're just joking. And, oh, it was you, – you had to find your own fun in Scranton, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So did you go to wrestling school, or did you just kind of take that backyard wrestling resume and just kind of walk your way into promotions and say, you should book me because of my experience. Here's my promo video, 14 years old, at, like, an apartment complex. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I did not go that route, and I am so happy I did it. Um, no, it was more of a different experience a little bit. Uh, I went – so in Scranton, in Scranton uh, myself and, as we said before, my tag team partner, which is my best friend from high school, Kit Rath, Kit Cassidy, um, he, we knew we wanted to be professional wrestlers. My senior year of high school and his junior year of high school. And since then, we were trying to come up with different plans, how we're going to do this, how we're going to make it, you know. Um, so one day he was just like, hey, um, so we were Googling schools. We were uh, going to actually move, try to plan to move to Kansas, <laughs> speaking of which, to uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling. And, uh, you know, we're just two young kids, teenagers. This is what we want to do. I dropped out of college at the time. I wanted to move all my focus onto professional wrestling. He was graduating, and we were going to move. And then we were trying to come up to save some money, and we found this school in Scranton, Pennsylvania, where we live, <laughs> a wrestling school. And we're like, no shit, a fucking wrestling <laughs> school in Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and, I know exactly um, what you're talking about, too. <laughs> right? So that that comes up, and uh, we're just like, well, this is our fuck. We want to do this. We've been talking about moving for the past fucking year or so, so why not do it? And uh, so we have finally go ahead uh we go to the school, we sign up, and we start training. And uh, the school's name is Backbreakers Training Center. Uh, they're not located in Scranton anymore, but in Archville, the area of Pennsylvania, you know. And, uh, yeah, we started there, and that was back in uh, April 2014. So not that yeah, long. Yeah, not, not too long tenured, but you, you guys have definitely made a name for yourselves just – and it's crazy, too, just looking back. Here's your high school friend that has been your best friend for your your entire life, and you both decide, hey, we're going to do this. This is our goal. Uh, you go to Brack Breakers, you get your training, and you made a name for yourself all across the board. I mean, you guys have held some quite a bit of gold, not just in one promotion but in multiple promotions. You guys have both <laughs> – held quite a bit of gold and made a name for yourself as the impeccables. Yeah, we did. It was, yeah. Yeah. We, that's all we had planned, you know, like we knew we wanted to do this and we wanted to do it together, obviously. And honestly, at the point when we started, we didn't know if we wanted to be a tag team or not, but I'm pretty sure it was in the back of our head. And with us training, starting literally the same day, signing up every practice, we were there together to the day we graduated, we were there you know, from start to finish together. And it just figured it seemed right. Why not be a actual tag team? And once we were tag team, what we wanted to do was to be, at that point, I felt like, I don't know, tag team wrestling since 2014, I feel like it's starting to be on the rise. But at that point, tag team wrestling, I felt like was just being kind of like just in the backseat. And we didn't want that. We wanted to be an actual tag team have the same gimmicks, have look the same, you know, be that cohesive unit that you don't see anymore. No, and it's kind of a lost art, too. We, You had mentioned that when you came up, you had the Hardy Boys and you had Edge and Christian, these two superstars that literally grew up with themselves. And nowadays you find a lot of tag teams that were kind of the products of 
whether it be wrestling school, wrestling camps, or just promotions looking at them saying, you and you, we don't have anything for you, so go out there and you guys are a tag team now. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've been in that position a good no, and to have that person that started the same day that you did, you both looked at each other and said, look, we're, we're going to make this a reality. We're, we're going to become professional wrestlers. This is what we want to do. So let's go sign up. And now uh, you guys are still together. You you kind of toyed with the idea of, hey, maybe we'll try this alone. No, we did this together. So let, let's take this where we gone. And you've been in multiple different promotions. Not Now, I mentioned this on multiple different shows, and I – like I've mentioned previously, we need to get our ad revenue. So you've definitely been all across the board, to say the least. Now, you've held a, you've held a lot of gold all across the board. In GSW, you're a multiple-time tag team champion, yeah. a multiple-time tag team champion with Kit Cassidy, as you had mentioned. But you've also been in PCW. Uh, you've also been in Vendetta Pro Wrestling. And the list yeah. goes on and on. Uh, you've definitely made a name for yourself all across the board, and you have some big matches coming up as well. But before we get into those, so you go to wrestling school in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, you later move out to Sacramento. But you, you had mentioned that there was a plan B all along. I kind of want to touch on that, too. What was your plan B? To, honestly, I, I didn't have a plan B when I first started wrestling. Uh, didn't have, uh, I just had the plan A. But um, going through wrestling, I don't know if you probably heard of the name. Yeah, you're familiar with the area, but Johnny Moran. Yeah, good friend of mine, really great friend of mine. Halfway through our training, like towards the end, uh, he actually came in and he he took a hiatus from wrestling. I guess he trained for a bit, took a hiatus, and then came back to train. And we just, us three, became a really close-knit group of friends. And uh, I believe at um, and then at that point he had a job with an insurance company, and that was hiring. So he had he knew I was I needed something. I was working out a good job, but I needed an actual career. I needed a plan B. And he told me like, hey, they're hiring. So with that, I got accepted. I got hired at his at the insurance company, and I've been there ever since. And that's mostly been my plan B is just rising up in that one company or in the industry of insurance, you know? So just something to fall back on. I'm sure your ultimate goal is to take that career and make it. And for anyone that hasn't been in the insurance industry or even a career that requires you to have any type of licensing or licensure to perform, it's not an easy business to get into, to say the very least. But having that fallback plan, that's something that you can do Anytime, so you could easily turn wrestling into the full time career and make yeah. and make insurance your part time position. I'm sure that's your ultimate plan A. Oh yeah, that's for sure. That's my plan A. Plan A is to be contracted um, with one of these companies that are offering contracts. I'm not picky. I don't care who or what, but wrestling is what I love to do, and that's all I want to do. And I just honestly want to get that message out there because I don't think a lot of people believe that this is what I do, but it's what I do want to do. And it's what I've been wanting to do since day one, since I was a kid. And to perform and to entertain on that level, I feel like that's what I know a lot of people say born to do or meant to do, but I feel like that's what I was meant to do. So getting a a contract anywhere, and even in your area of Sacramento, that's a hotbed for wrestling promotions. And I'm sure your ultimate end goal, not necessarily just to get booked on multiple, but to have that steady, necessarily that steady promotion that can find you kind of traveling around or even getting that major exposure more than you're currently getting right now. And uh, you found yourself in some pretty big name matches as well against some pretty big name opponents as well. Uh, but you do have a big event coming up. Yeah, this Sunday, uh, yeah, tag team match. It's actually a... Uh... Kit and I's first match as a tag team in California, so I am really, really excited for it. Absolutely, and with VCW too, they're doing some fantastic things as well, and making a yeah, name for themselves. Yeah. And your first match in California as a tag team is for the tag team championships. <laughs> yep, that's what I'm saying, and I'm not dis- I'm not I'm not disappointed, and I'm not mad either. No, that just kind of goes to show you that uh, you've definitely made that name for yourself, even though it's your first tag team match in California. Now, how how long have you been in California? 
Um, as so, I've been out here for a year now, uh, a little bit, maybe more. Uh, Kit Raff, on the other hand, has been out here for two months now. He uh, he just recently moved out here. I I would say in June or so, and joined me. Oh yeah, so it, you guys are fresh on the scene in California. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we I still have a big impact to make within the tag team division in this area. But you've already made it. I mean, just this uh, back on August twelfth, uh, you had a big tag team match with the Fallout Boys for the for the VCW champ uh, tag team championships. So, and that was your first yep. tag team match in the state of California. So, even with Kid only being in the state for two months, you only being there for a year, uh, that's a hell of a way to start off a career in a new in a new state. That, like we've mentioned previously, California is a hotbed. Not only for professional wrestling, but especially for tag team wrestling as well. And here's yeah, your first, sure. and here's your first match out there, and you guys fought for the tag team championship. All in all, so you're out in California now. You've only been there a couple months now. I'm sure your ultimate goal, like you had mentioned, is to get booked on a promotion that gives a contract. But what would you say? And it sounds like from our initial conversation, where this conversation started, you kind of come off as somebody that your goals ultimately change. Now, it, your ultimate goal has been to become a professional wrestler, and you've done that. Oh, what what's your goal now? Um, my goal now is to just it's more of a now that I've become a professional wrestler, I want to learn more about entertainment. That's my next goal. Um, growing up. Not only growing up did I want to become a professional wrestler, but I've always been, I I don't think I've noticed up until recently, but I've always been, fan, I always fantasized about like different types of entertainment and video and how video works and scenery and directing and movies, you know, like I find myself watching movies and TV shows and I'm more interested in the camera cuts and the music and the how the video is zooming in and out more than I am interested in the actual movie. <laughs> um, wow. So, uh, yeah, so I find myself thinking that's somewhere I can definitely explore and see if I, my goals could. That's, that would be the next set of goals for me. Just to get the behind the scenes, like even if you can't get in with wrestling. Oh, know. yeah. So and so and that's kind of a lost art form. You're actually talking to us right now from a media school that teaches those aspects, not only camera but lighting, sound, audio. And myself and my co-host have multiple years in that field. And I wouldn't call us experts on it, but we put on those types of productions on a daily basis. So that, that's, that's definitely awesome. a that, that's definitely a skill to have. Like I mentioned, I feel like I'm talking to myself right now. Um, with the exception, I can't do anything that you do in the ring at all. What is next for, uh, for Keita Murray? You're, you're going to be taking California by storm, but, uh, what can we expect to see in the future? Um, I'm hoping hopefully some things, you know, uh, try to get my name out there. And I'm I, right now, what I'm doing is doing a total refocusing within like the past weekend, within the past weeks, I knew I needed to do it. And within the past weekend. I've come to realize it needs to be done now. So refocusing and trying to strategize how to, because as you know, I've been doing this for not long, but four years. And I feel like I'm still at the same point I was, even though I've, it, it might not look like it or might not seem like it. But to me, myself, it feels like I am not much further than where I was before. And I am a lot further away from where I want to be. So Within the next couple of months, I'm hoping, you know, you start seeing me go around in different promotions and different states and not only in California. So that's the next step. That's the next goal. And then also also doing like the uh, New Japan dojos that are in this area. And I have messed up and missed the last two, but I won't make sure of that for the next one. No, those are definitely some great goals. And that's kind of the drive you have to have, too. Some people are so happy with being stagnant and just getting booked that just not necessarily bettering themselves and not trying to put anyone down. But uh, unfortunately, it's the world we live in. There are some people that are just content with being what they're doing. Well, 
I, I think the best term to use would be just they're completely content just being mediocre. Uh, they're not looking for that way to really differentiate themselves from their competition. And it, it is a very com- competitive, focused profession. Everyone wants to be that big star. No one gets into professional wrestling with and it sounds very cliche to say, but everyone gets into professional wrestling for that ultimate end goal. Everyone wants that WrestleMania moment. And you can tell me until you're blue in the face, oh, no, that's never been my goal. Bullshit. That has always been your goal. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants that's that. Every, uh, yep. Yeah, everyone wants that everyone. WrestleMania moment. Everyone, even if you grew up with, with New Japan, you want that Tokyo Dome moment. Uh-huh. Same thing. But... And no one gets into it saying, well, I'm happy being mediocre. So kudos to you for taking a look back and, and saying to yourself, you know what, I feel like. And it doesn't seem like that to someone on the outside that's been watching your career. But for someone like yeah. yourself that says, you know what, I feel like I've just been kind of coasting, I think would be the best way to put it. Uh, just kind yeah. of coasting. Yeah. I, I'm no, I, I'm no, I wouldn't say better, but I'm no, I, I want to say a term here that's not degrading, but I, I'm. I'm no better, but I'm not no worse. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's definitely where I'm at in mindset. So, and, and it's you good. You put it in great work. And it's good of you to notice that and kind of take that step back and reevaluate. And where it's only exciting to see where you go from here. So, we're excited to see where this takes you. And obviously, this new venture out in California, these new promotions. And we can preach until we're blue in the face the, the hotbed that California is. We're, we're excited yeah. to see where it takes you. But I do have one final question. You've had plenty of time to think it up, and it's kind of become a staple of our show. So as I'm sure you're aware, ribs are a constant. Now, it doesn't have to happen. It didn't need to happen to you. It could have been something that you did to yourself or something that you experienced firsthand. It can't be something that you just heard about because if you didn't see it, it didn't happen. But It didn't t- happen, so something <laughs> I saw. So tell us your best rib story. What's the best rib that you've experienced, you've done to someone, or that someone's done to you? Oh, man. Uh, there's not a lot. And I, that's why I'm trying to look for the best one. And honestly, I feel like they're all not great. Um, only one I could really think of being a rib is um, back a while, I did some backstage work for uh, Impact. And, uh, you know, being one of the young boys and being one of the ring crew, um I, I try to party afterwards with the rest of the roster. Won't say any names. We'll keep names up. I will keep names out. But uh, um, myself and there was another uh, young student there, and we were doing ring work, and we were up from 7 in the morning. Well, at first, we drove down to North Carolina for the Bound for Glory pay-per-view. Um, didn't arrive until 3 a.m. Had to be at the arena by 7 a.m. Um, to set up the ring. So we were there. We had to stay for the whole show, couldn't leave. So we're there from 7 a.m. until the end of the pay-per-view, which is 11 o'clock, running on two to three hours of sleep. After the show finishes, we have to then pack up the ring. Once we're done with that, it's about 12-1. Now we go out to party with the boys. While we're partying with the boys, me being up so early and driving the whole way down from Pennsylvania and North Carolina, I ended up falling asleep after getting a couple of drinks. Um, Next thing I know is I'm woken, surprisingly woken up, just drenched in water, soaking wet, cold. (laughs) Don't know what happened. There's a guy on top of me. There's a guy next to me. And I'm just like, what the fuck? (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, that was a rib to me since I fell asleep with the shoes on. A couple of the guys decided to get a bucket and pour water on myself and the other young student who fell asleep next to me on the couch and also drenched himself in water while doing it too. Um, oh so I guess God. it was a rib on themselves and on us. <laughs> That's an old college rule, man. You don't fall asleep with your shoes on. Oh, yeah, I know, but listen, that was a night. <laughs> that was a whole day. No, that definitely sounds like it. <laughs> so, and I, I can honestly say that I pulled that rib on people before. Uh, it was a, it, it was a weekend tradition. So you look for the person that falls asleep with their shoes on, and then it's completely fair game at that mm-hmm. point. Saran wrap, yep. water, it, the list goes on and on. <laughs> but 
Ikita, we appreciate you coming on. We're excited to see where it goes from here. Keep us updated. Keep ca- capturing that gold. Will Good do. luck with uh, Thank you. with everything you have coming up in the future, and we look forward to having you guys back on. Maybe we'll even have a kid on with us next time. Oh, yeah, definitely. If you want to do that within the next couple of weeks, just let me know. I'm down with that. Absolutely. Well, once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to follow along and find out exactly where to find Kita, you can follow him on Instagram. You can find him at Kita Your Heart. That's very clever, by the way. I'm not going to lie. That's very clever. <laughs> so, like you say it to yourself, it's like Kita Your. Wow. So you can find him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can find him on Instagram at Kita Your Heart, and believe it or not, it's the same on on Twitter as well. And that's K I. Yes, I try to keep. Oh, I try to keep things consistent. <laughs> that's smart to do because, unfortunately, with us, we're not the first dark match podcast. Now we are the only one Ooh, that's currently no. running right now, but we are not oh, the first okay. one. We're not the first one ever. So someone stopped okay. doing it like a year and a half, two years ago, um, and they took all of our handles. So we had to get creative with it. Uh, so we are, <laughs> we are dark match podcast on Instagram. But we have to be Dark Match PC on Twitter. So, oh, okay. So okay. We, we had to get clever with it. But if you yeah. want to follow along, you can find him on Instagram at Kita Your Heart. That's K E I T A, your heart, spelled out entirely, no emojis. And that's the same on Twitter as well. Kita, thank you so much for coming on, my friend. Hey guys, this is Selena de la Renta from Promociones Dorado and MLW. You're listening to Dark Match Podcast, which means that you have to check out my episode now. Come on, go check it out. This is Diamond Tiger Kobe Durst, and you're listening to Dark Match Podcast, available on iTunes Podcast. Dude, I didn't know you grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, my family actually grew up there, and... I don't know the entire backstory, but I still have family that's out there. But every single summer, my dad would work up in the New York area, and it was the easiest way to kind of get to New York without having to pay those atrocious prices, well, for rent overall. <laughs> and, yeah. And at the time, Yonkers, New York wasn't the Yonkers, Yonkers. New York. Yeah, Yonkers, New York. It's right outside yeah. of Manhattan. Yep. And it wasn't the town that it is today. There's still some bad parts of Yonkers, yeah. but it's kind of the up-and-coming area, kind of like downtown is for us now. Yeah, downtown is amazing yeah, it's like the, now. Well, like it's the business professionals that yeah. are going to – they want to avoid that downtown, still have an easy commute. You can still take the, the train into the city. So it, it works out. But for a while, like most of my summers were spent in Scranton, Pennsylvania, a, a town at the time when I was there. I've been back there in probably at least seven years. Yeah. But at the time, I mean, you could rent a church. Really? Churches for were for rent. It wasn't where they were for sale. They were renting out churches. Like the, the economy unfortunately kind of took a tank. We didn't touch on this in the first part of the show, but I feel like we definitely Oh yeah. Um, I feel like I owe someone an apology. Yeah, you do. You but I'm not jerk. going to. Oh, you suck. I'm not going to. No. Well, no. I'll apologize for you because I want to I, clear it, my name. And I'm going to. Because you posted it on the Dark Match podcast page, which automatically makes me associated with it. So, Fulton, just so you know, Matt had, does, did not want you to stub your toe or get your face all busted up like you did. For the record, though, it's a gnarly scar. I mean, yeah, chicks dig yeah. scars. That's I mean, a, you got that going for you. Uh, hey, man, you know what? It's called War Games for a reason. He knew what he was getting into. Yeah, but he was, like, essentially the only one that walked away with true, well, stitches. I guess he's the only badass then, huh? I'm not giving him <laughs> that credit. But, no, it was a hell of an event. Our former guest actually. There were a actually, lot of badasses in that match. Yeah, there was a lot of badasses on the card as yeah, well. Yeah, the whole card. The whole card. I mean, one of our former guests, Brian Pillman Jr., yeah. made a splash during the event too. Great man. I mean, look at the way that he performed. Oh, yeah. He's got a bright future ahead of him. Still young too. Yeah. A bright future ahead of him. But uh, I can't wait for that to come out. It doesn't come out until this Friday. But yeah. already – Social media is a buzzing. Yep. So it was a hell of a ma- it was a hell of an event, hell of a match as well. I've seen little snippets yep. of it, and luckily because we have some we great friends yeah. that send us yeah. said event, and you can see there was even a big event. Uh, a particular individual from Team Filthy, Tom Lawler, had an unexpected guest. Mm. Not going to give a spoiler here, but mm. definitely tune in to 
the uh, the YouTube channels and all possible ways that you can watch the event. The Sports Channel. Exactly. Tune in because yeah. this debut from an individual that attacks Tom Lawler, it's uh, it's a little sweet. Yeah. Not gonna give too much. Not gonna give anything. <laughs> you know who it is. I know who it is. Yeah. If you've done yeah. your research, you know who it is. So check out MLW War Games coming out this Friday. But we're going to bring back a segment right now that we haven't done in quite some time. Yeah, it's been a little while. It's been quite a while, actually. Yeah. So we're going to get into this week's three count. Let's go. Number one. So quite a few stories. So we kind of had to go through a lot to figure out what we were actually going to talk about today. So number one trending story on social media right now is a big rumor that's coming out of the WWE camp and it has to do with a particular wrestler that had a huge push previously yep. but now doesn't really have that much of a push. Got a little bit of buzz after SummerSlam but it's the same match each and every week and it's it's becoming extremely tedious. Yep. You can expect it every single week. It's just oh, they're fighting. Great. But the big rumor mill is Finn Balor is joining the Shield. What are your thoughts? I mean, I think that it's a good thing because I think that it adds a different level, I guess, to the Shield. It makes them a little bit better, you know, because they've made them defeatable with with what's going on with Dolph and Drew and Braun right now. They're beating them up. So the three of them can't win is the way they're making it seem. The old Shield, nobody beat them. The Shield beat everybody else. You get what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? I understand the concept, but you, you're bringing on someone that really isn't a heater. You're bringing on someone that it, it looks as though they're going in the direction as like the new anti-authority. Like the new... Well, because of the whole angle with Corbin? Yeah, with the whole angle with Corbin, you have someone that's continuously going up against Corbin that obviously doesn't like the authority figure. He, yeah. And then you have the anti-authority figures of the shield. Yeah. So you're mixing them together, and you're just going to make this huge shield with Rollins, Ambrose, Reigns, and Balor. When it, it seems like they're only doing it because they have nothing else to do with Balor. Well, and Balor's had success in factions with the Bullet Club. Yeah, but now you're going to put him into a faction where he's obviously at the bottom of the totem pole. Well, he doesn't necessarily have to be. Why wouldn't he be? You look at the the tenure of the three individuals that are in that match. Yeah. So you right have, faction. Yeah. Uh, yeah, within that faction, they're all triple crown champions, aren't yeah. they? I believe they've yeah, all held. They are. They are. They've held almost every single title yeah. in WWE. Yeah, the last one to win was uh, Roman when he won Intercontinental. Yeah, they're all triple crown yeah. champions. And then you have Balor, who the only accolade that he has is he was universal champion yeah. for one yeah, day. Well, he was an NXT champion, but so was Seth Rollins. Yeah. So, but at the same point, he was the first Universal Champion of all time. Yeah, and then he got screwed <clears throat> with an injury. You don't get screwed with an injury. I know you and I have no, gone no, back and forth. I with know, this. And, and it's not. He didn't get screwed. That it's his life got screwed up because of the injury. Well, yeah, and so that's why I say he got screwed. Well, because life screwed him. Well, and I think the angle that they could potentially go with is the fact that Roman has the title that he wants and Rollins is the reason that he doesn't have it. So I think that it could be a good angle if they do it correctly where he kind of branches off, creates his own little faction, but I I don't see how it could boost his career. I just think it's giving him a like a, a holding like it, he's an on hold for something yeah. and they have nothing else to do so let's put him with the shield. But at so. least they're doing something with him. That's it, the way I look at it because I love Finn Balor. I'd rather him do something with him than have him keep fighting freaking Baron Corbin every week. Well, I, I'd love to. But see. I'm not disappointed with their matches. They have good matches. They they do, but it's I mean, stale. It, it's stale because it's every single week. Yeah. So that's number one. Moving on from here. Number two. So next big story, obviously coming out of All In. Huge event, huge, was obviously the big talk about that we talked about in the first part was Nick Aldis versus Cody Rhodes for the NWA Championship. What and a match. Kudos 
to Billy Corgan yeah. for purchasing NWA yeah. and making it the promotion that it is today. Yeah. But big talk about story right now. There's a lot of there's a lot of events that are coming out of All In. Yeah. And anticipated rematch has been announced as well. Now, my question is, the ending of that match at All In could have been a little bit better in my opinion. Yeah. And I know I'm probably going to get some heat for that. But I liked how it ended because it made both of them look strong. But do you see a barn burner on this one? Or do you see them kind of instituting someone else into the equation with potentially a, I don't know, maybe an interference? Do I see somebody interfering? Yes. Who? Who? That's the question. You got me thinking about it when you said it. And that's why I was like sitting here and I'm like, who the hell would run in there? James Elson. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about he that. A, but it was remember, a, he had a little rivalry going with Nick Aldis for a while. He did for a little bit, but I don't... Fight, they fought for the championship, I believe, at one point. Yeah, but did you really think that Ellsworth was going to no. go over? No disrespect to James Ellsworth, but... I love James Ellsworth. I have a cousin named James Ellsworth, not the same James Ellsworth. You, you are that guy, aren't you? No, I do. You I are like that. Four hundred cousins. It's like I, I, I got somebody who got the same name. That's why it was hilarious when I saw his name. I was like, is that my cousin? Oh, that is definitely not. My cousin. That's definitely not my cousin. <laughs> definitely not. That my cousin. But it was say. announced. It's going to be taking place in Tennessee. Yeah. So I think we need to make a track. Do so we? I think we do. No, I don't have anything in October. So yeah, we'll have to figure it out. Match. So it, it's coming up though. But let. Let's let's table that conversation for a different day, yeah. and we'll uh, we'll take it from there. But the rematch has been announced. I think, and I definitely see someone interfering in that match, yeah, and creating a new feud. And Brandy, I don't see no. Brandy doing it. I what about I don't know. Dog? Pharaoh, Pharaoh's gonna come on. He was there at the event, right? Yeah, he ringside. He could have totally. Like I get to go to work with Daddy. Yeah, just put Nick Aldis in the leg and ran out. He'd be like. I don't know where you're going with this. I don't know where you're going with this. Pharaoh bites him in the leg. I I heard you the first time. I heard you the first time. One, two, three, champion. Yeah. Thank God it didn't end that way. Thank God it doesn't end that way. Please, God. Moving on from there. I thought we were going to have a great conversation. Please don't. Please lose his number. Please (laughs) block him on all social media. (laughs) Moving on. Number three. So... One of the stories that has me irked more than anything. I sent you the picture of the day that it came out. Yeah. Social media is buzzing over this list. And to say that people are pissed about it is an absolute, utter, just understatement. They came out with a list last week ranking the top stables of all time. Top factions. Top ten factions of all time. Time. Yeah. Let's go down the line here. Number 10, Undisputed Era. Number 9, Freebirds. Number 8, Nexus. Number 7, Heart Foundation. Number 6, The New Day. Number 5, Evolution. Number 4, The NWO. Number 3, Degeneration X. Number 2, The Four Horsemen. And the number one faction of all time, The Shield. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> who, who, first of all, who made this list? This was WWE. No. Yes. No way. I'm dead serious. That's why social media is buzzing right now. Because this is the list that WWE came out with, with the top <laughs> factions of all time. I know. Every time There's I multiples on that here that I don't see. Where's the Nation of Domination? Yeah. yeah. Where's Team Extreme? Yeah. Is another one. You I'm got trying to think of other ones too. That um, I, I'm trying to where's think. Where's the Dungeon of Doom? The Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> the shark. Did. Please stop talking. Where's the corporation? And what was Brutus? Where's the ministry? Yeah. Where? I mean, we could go on and on. There's so many others. Now, if you look at the longevity, now I agree with them. The Shield. Is one of the top factions of all time. What about the Straight Edge Society? They wouldn't be on here. They shat on them since they came out. But you got the Shield on here. I don't think they're, they're number one. Who's, in your opinion, 
Not even four on this horsemen. list. Four Horsemen is your number Dude, one? they have to be number one. I love the Four Horsemen. I love the Four Horsemen too, but... So they're my number one. That's your number one? That's my number one. Who's your number one? My number one, believe it or not, I've always been an NWO guy. See, they're my number two. Yeah, NWO, I would say number two, probably DX. Okay, actually, you know what? I'll say NWO number one only because that NWO changed wrestling forever. Yes. So that, that, I'll go with them as number one. If but, you look at it from but impact. But I could say that Horseman is a 1B, in my opinion. I, I will give you that, because they definitely ran all of WCW. They ran yeah. NWA as well. So they they made quite an impact. So I would honestly say that... Early for Horseman, yeah. not... Early, like, no, horsemen, no, like, early. Had, Moving on from there. So your number one is the Four Horsemen, correct? No, I'll say number one is NWO, but because of what their impact was on professional wrestling. Yeah. And then I'll say like 1B is the Four Horsemen or 2. Okay. So in my opinion, number one, NWO, because of their impact in wrestling. Yeah. And and you still pe- see people wearing NWO shirts. Yeah. Number two, I would probably get, and, and I'm stuck just like you. I'm between the Four Horsemen, the original Four Horsemen, yep. and DX. Yeah. Impact-wise. Um... I don't even like the picture of the four horsemen they have on here because you see who they have in it? Barry Windham. I don't like that four horseman. I'm, I like the four horsemen I, with Lex Luger better than the one with Barry Windham. And that was the one right before them. Yeah. So, number three. What's your number three? DX. DX for you? Definitely DX. With me, number three has got to go Heart Foundation. Really? Yeah, I got to go Heart Foundation. Mm. Yeah, you look at the careers, the short lived. The short-lived careers that they had, unfortunately, with some. You had the British Bulldog. You had Owen Hart. You had Brian Pillman. You had Jim the Anvil Nineheart. And you had Bret Hart. Yeah. I mean, what better resume could you truly have? Some of those individuals, unfortunately, didn't have the career that they should have. But made... Yeah, and then Owen Hart, too. Owen Hart as well, yeah. So my well, number Brett got traded to WCW, and that's really when it, it didn't go anywhere because that's what happened. Yeah. What has the Shield done collectively? Together? They really haven't done a whole lot. No, well, I mean, that's why they're. They've not had in my successful careers individually, individually, yeah. and that's why they're on there. Yeah. And now they're doing it right with them, where they're uh, together but they're apart. Yes, they're doing their own things, but they're still. I mean, that was the way. I mean, they were the tag team champions and the United States champion. When it was in the beginning, but Dean never freaking defended never it, ever, ever with it. Yeah, I even said it. It's, it's a slap in the face it. that the nation of domination yeah, is not even on here. Make it. That's a no, no, absolutely. And they have the undisputed era on here. Yeah, and they're just like too green to even be on there. I love the undisputed era. No, Do Adam not get Cole. Wrong. I, I love the undisputed era as well. I've always loved Bobby Fish. I've loved Kyle O'Reilly. Yep. I love them in Ring like of Robert Honor. Strong. I've loved yep. them all yep. uh, in the independence. Yeah. So. But rounding out my top ten, ones that aren't on here, like I mentioned, the corporation. Yeah, that's one that I think I should be on here. Why not? Yeah. Look at everything that they did. Yeah. You had Ken Shamrock, you had Big Boss Man, you had Tess. Yeah. You had the Mean Street Posse at, at a certain point. You had Shane McMahon with yeah. his feud with X-Pac for the longest yeah. time. That was a great one. They could yeah. Be and then they, yeah, and then they had Triple H in there, yep. too. They had China. They had Kane. Yeah. Look at all the big names. Yeah. Why isn't the corporation on why here? Why isn't the corporation on here? So or why isn't uh, the one The Undertaker had? What was his group? The Ministry. The Ministry. The Ministry was great, but you look at the names that he had other than... What the acolytes? Yeah, you had Midian and Viscera. Yeah, I love Viscera though, dude. I I mean, it I'm was a big better. Fan of Viscera. When the Ministry brought in the Brood, that was cool. That's another faction that should be on here. The Brood. See, you weren't watching Men on a Mission, so you don't know Viscera before he was Viscera when they would come out. When he was Mabel. Hip hop parade. Oh, you were watching back then? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if you were old enough. You're not, fucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Click that little button. I know it's tempting you. Definitely do it. But some exciting news. Can't announce it yet, but we have some great news that we released on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That should be coming soon. We're just waiting for the logistics to get in place. And as soon as it drops, we're going to give it to you. We already gave you a little taste and sample. 
of what it's going to look like, but we're not there quite yet. So stay tuned for that. Follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at DarkMatchPC, on Instagram at DarkMatchPodcast, on Facebook at DarkMatchPodcast. And we are coming soon to a couple different platforms. You're listening to us right now on Google Play. You're listening to us right now on iTunes Podcast as well. So be on the lookout because there's a couple more that might be coming and jumping on the Dark Match bandwagon as well. So that's going to do it for this week. Be sure to tune in next week. We have our friends with Marks and Mikes in once again. But everybody have a great night. Boom.